With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast about eye hands, Manhattan skylines, and being back on the podcast tonight. I, I that was I made a song, so because I'm very giddy, so I made a song. I am Beth Elderkin. I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby. How are you doing? It is rare that I am the least hyper person on the podcast. I'm very excited. <laughs> this podcast, we were going to do an hour's worth of podcast in 40 minutes. Let's do it. We are going to be talking a thousand miles a minute uh, about the show, maybe, and then some other stuff because Beth is back from maternity leave. See, I can sing hey, too. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so I, as I'm sure you noticed, I was gone for the past few episodes. Um, I... <laughs> Uh, went uh, into uh, maternity leave slightly earlier than expected, and by which I mean uh, two months earlier than expected. Um, our wonderful baby, uh, Henry George Sampson, just could not wait. And so he uh, he was born on January 14th. Uh, he was a little early. He was in NICU for a couple of weeks. I had some health issues. I've gone into everything that happened. I wrote a blog about it for io9. I'm going to include a link in the show notes because I don't really want to get into it right now suffice to say it was um an emotional time a complicated time um but henry is doing fantastic now i am doing much better healing slowly but surely and now i'm back at the mic which i'm so happy about i i I will just say um for anybody that looking to have any baby dragons or knowing anyone with baby dragons um my favorite part of how this all worked out is the literal like day or maybe day before you ended up leaving for your maternity leave was us having a conversation about how we were going to do this. Uh, we were going to have so many episodes banked. We were going to like, I was only going to need like guests for like two episodes and we weren't going to have to do any staggered release. We -hmm. were like a very aggressive schedule with how we were going to do this. And then it was like the next Monday, 6am. Hey, Abby. (laughs) I'm in the uh, hospital and I can't leave until the baby's born. Anyway, uh, here's some <laughs> phone numbers. Sassy. And I was like, I got it. And uh, we got to, we had so much fun talking with Joy. Last week, you guys enjoyed a podcast with my husband, which uh, was such fun. And thank you for the people that like reached out because I told him, I was like, yeah, some people told me that they really liked the episode. And he was just like, okay, so how many alt fake accounts do you have to tell me? <laughs> like, no, these are real people that really enjoyed it. Like, this isn't me just trying to, I'm like, they, they enjoy the, you know, a male perspective. You no, know, every once in a while. Mm. 
<laughs> well, Abby, I do want to thank you for uh, keeping the keeping the ship running and thriving uh, while I was gone, especially under, again, such surprising circumstances. I also want to thank Joy and your wonderful husband, Ty, for guesting on the podcast and being amazing. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm ha- I'm super, I'm super happy to be back in general, but I'm also extremely happy to be back for this episode oh in particular. We timed it. I, I want to say that this was the plan, but it wasn't. It was, no. <laughs> There's no way that this is how it happened, but it was just, uh, yeah, it, I watched the episode and I went, oh yes, the Manhattan yeah. expert. We're here. We're ready to do it. This is such a great episode to kick in the door and be like, I'm here. Yeah. As a mother, I feel that Emma. (laughs) I know, Abby, you're not the only one who can say that anymore. I've got the experience. That said, I do want to add a little disclaimer before we get started, because you might have noticed my boy's name is Henry. And I will say, no, he wasn't named that because of Once Upon a Time. (laughs) <laughs> Let me continue. He's actually it's a it's an old family name, really old uh, on my husband Tim's side. Um, in fact, the first Samson that came over on the Mayflower was Henry Samson, so that's why we chose that name. And George's middle name is for my grandfather. Um, so yeah, so Henry is a long-standing name on the Samson family. That said, did the fact that it's the name of the boy on Once Upon a Time make me extra happy about the decision we made? Yes. Yes, it did. It was it was a nice little cherry on top, or cinnamon on the hot cocoa. Oh, it's it's so cool to have like a because as you, as you know, I also have like a a, a semi common like often I get told a regular name. He, it's not a regular name, but it shows up in media a lot, and it's it's a mixed bag. <laughs> it's a mixed bag with good Charlies and bad Charlies. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> wait, wait, what's a what's a bad Charlie? Manson. <laughs> oh well. What's the, oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. No. Well, and, but it's it's it gets used a lot. So the the I don't know if I've told the story before, but the first uh the first thing outing that I had um away from my child away from my baby dragon was to see Cap uh to see Civil War, uh the Marvel movie, and mm. the first like I mean ten minutes. Uh, Iron Man or Tony Stark is alerted to the fact that this woman is very mad because her son died in his care or something. I forget what it is. And his name is Charlie. And she just kept saying, Charlie is dead. And I'm just sitting there like, I'm trying to enjoy a movie. (laughs) (laughs) You sons of bitches. Like, I'm trying, like, I feel like I left my limit, a limb at home and I'm trying to stay here. And you just keep shouting very awful things at me. How dare you? Uh, Yeah. So it's just one of those things where every once in a while you're just like, that's what I like. I mean, I think you might have a different experience with your name being Beth, but like Abby is a somewhat, it used to be very uncommon. Never heard my name in media. First time I heard my name in media on the line with Lance Bass, I thought it was a sign. <gasps> Lance Bass's love interest was named Abby. I'm like, it's a sign. It wasn't a sign. It was not a sign. <laughs> but it, it it's showing up a lot more anyway. So it's just, it's always, um, I have a different uh reaction to like names and media so i'll be interested to see how you just people shouting henry a lot like henry (laughs) um i mean we're yeah i mean we came up with that name honestly i think before we were even pregnant that was the name that we had decided on for a boy um and he's the perfect little henry and he's doing great and he's doing awesome and we're super super happy and he is asleep in bed right now which is good uh, uh but- oh those first those <laughs> those first few months he's just asleep and it's 
I love the first few months. I was just going to talk mom talk you for no reason. all the time. I just love it. You just swaddle them in their little thing and their little baked potato and they're just so cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are, there's actually a baby in this episode, which was, you know, that, that hit me extra hard <laughs> coming into, coming into the show. Uh, and I, <laughs> one thing I did want to say before we get into this episode is, you know, this episode is fantastic. I love it. Uh, I feel really, really sorry for your husband that the first and so far only episode he's guested on was tiny. He loved the <laughs> episode. Dear God, so that much. episode is so bad. He loved he was having he had like I don't know. I don't know if it came through on the podcast. I know, uh, obviously, he sounded like he was enjoying himself. We had a great time. But while he watched the episode, he was having a great time. Like at no point was he looking at me like, Are you are you kidding me right now? Uh he he likes Lost, so it was like you didn't listen to the episode yet, I know, but the beginning part, like when the episode started, I just looked at him and went, Oh, you like Lost. You'll be fine. Like <laughs> <laughs> And it's just it was so funny. Oh man, yeah, because it was he did that and if you listen to the episode, he did make a random swipe at the actress who plays Belle, mostly for her character in Lost. Um, but it was an interesting just juxtaposition because uh Joy, our lovely Joy, um a oh, Rumple Bell Die Hard. So if we have a Rumple Bell episode coming up, we just need to like go toe to toe. Like just get everything. Just <laughs> maybe bring bring Joy back in. Bring Joy back in just to have a, a dissenting opinion of no, I think it's cute. You're wrong. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> well, luckily for us, Bell does not remember him at all, which is fantastic. Oh, uh, but anyway, oh, we are talking about season two, episode fourteen, Manhattan. In my opinion, one of the finest episodes of Once Upon a Time we've gotten so far. And yeah, that includes season one. Like, in my opinion, this is a standout episode um, in in how well it, like, it's like, and you have that like lost element where all the pieces just come together. Mm-hmm. This is one of those, all the pieces fell into place and it, they did so perfectly. Because apparently this Neil reveal was planned since the very beginning of the show. This, like, the whole thing of Rumpelstiltskin's son being Henry's father was in the cards the entire time. And I just love how it all came together in the greatest city in the world. New York, New York. So, Beth, would you say the pieces came together like pieces of a puzzle? Yes, I don't know where we're going with this, but oh, uh, yes. that's what the eye lady said. She said the future oh, is like I a puzzle. There's a lot of really good lines in this episode. Okay, and I forgot so them. I was just distracted by the hand eye thing. I okay, so we'll get into it. But I love that character mostly because I just I I like weird dark stuff like that. Um, there was only I'll say I also really enjoyed this episode. There is only one scene in which I just rolled my eyes and laughed at the same time. And it is in, and we'll talk about it, but it was only one scene and I'll let you think about it for a second. We are, uh, so we were going to talk about the Manhattan stuff cause it's like the biggest chunk. So we'll talk about that last. Yes. We're uh, going to save that. So first we'll talk about the past because past is kind of mm-hmm. jumbled up, um, in just little vignettes. Um, mm-hmm. so we get to see Rumple before the ogre wars when like before he's not, he's not hobbling. He's, he's just like, Oh man, I get to go and prove myself. I got called to the front lines. I'm super pumped. The only person in the world who would be pumped to be called to the front lines of the ogre wars, as far as I'm concerned. And Mila's like, yeah, cool. 
And we get these like random drops. Do we ever expand other than this episode on Rumpel's family? Because we got like a lot of information. See, that's a really interesting thing is um, I I was actually looking at some of the behind the scenes stuff for this episode. And originally they had cast a young Rumpelstiltskin and Rumpel's father. And there was going to be a short scene of basically Rumpel's dad going out for cigarettes and never coming back. But in that case, it was going out for to fill a bucket of water. And then Rumpel's like, but you don't have a bucket. And he's like, well, fuck it. Bye. (laughs) And then he goes. And apparently he was leaving to escape some debtors. Like Mm -hmm. that was going to be the story. But eventually they just chose to remove it and i'm guessing it's one because it was unnecessary and two maybe they wanted to hold off on a rumple father reveal in case they wanted to make it something bigger and i honest to god cannot remember if they ever did i don't yeah they kept like uh they keep mentioning like things about the father and how he was raised and stuff and i'm like i don't feel like we explored any of this um, cause Rumpel's past is other than the stuff that we see is mostly a mystery. Um, yeah. So he gets called to the front lines. He's very excited because he wants to prove that he's going to be awesome. Mila's like, yeah, sure. See you later. And so he goes, <laughs> she's just like ready for him to just go and die. She, I, <laughs> I like that. She looks like she's dressed for a completely different world than he is. Like he's in his like dark clothes and everything is lit by campfire. No, she's like white and blue and her hair is beautiful and just super shiny. And she is just mm-hmm. like ethereal. And it's just like, who is this person? And how, how did this match happen? Please someone explain. Well, I think it was arranged from what I, I remember. Yeah, like that. she it was a small village and she had a few options and her father arranged it. I remember that in the episode where she runs off with Hook. Yeah. So he goes and he's just like wandering like so him at the Overwars is him like at camp, just like wandering, and some dude like walks down and he's like, Hey, you, uh, you watch this this thing and with guard it with your life because people are going to try to steal it. I don't know. Oh, what's in there? Oh, it is the thing that will help turn the tides of the Ogre Wars. And he's like, okay, cool. So he just stands there <laughs> awkwardly, because that's what else? Yeah. What the hell? Just, ah, stand back, back. <laughs> and from inside of the uh, the little caged, uh, what was it? Like a wagon. It was like a jail wagon thing. Yeah. And she's rumpled still skin. He's like, whoa, opens it up. <laughs> Inside is this um, red hair and she's a seer. And so she's got eyes on her hands, but her, like, this was clearly done as some sort of surgery because her her face is all scarred up with like, very, very terrible stitches. It was not a good surgery, not a fun nope. surgery. Uh, she's a seer. She just wants some water because they're, you know, they want her help, but they're going to also dehydrate her. <laughs> I know, awesome. like why? Why are they treat like if they want her to help them? Yeah, why are they being such? A, why are they being such assholes? Oh, also, this came out before Pan's Labyrinth, so you know maybe Guillermo del Toro got inspiration from uh, Once Upon a Time. Just saying, I'm like, you know what? That's know. what happened. Let's just know. start that rumor. <laughs> I'm just asking questions. I'm just stating facts. It happened. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he he gives her some water, and basically she goes to start telling him, you know, seer things. And seer things are not good things to know because they are not complete histories with details. They are, she basically says, you're Rumpelstiltskin, your dad sucked, you were raised by 
faced by a bunch of ladies. Uh, your your wife is at home with child, um, and what your your actions on the battlefield will leave your son fatherless. And he's like, well. That's all I need to know. I will ask zero questions. And uh, <laughs> and she, and he goes, I don't want to believe that. And so she's like, oh, well, you guys are going to ride cows into battle. That's how you'll know it's true. This is a little weird uh, because what ends up happening is like, get on the horses and mount the cows. They're made of leather. So we call them cows. Yeah. And, and I love how he... he- how much he explains it while being super sarcastic bitchy about it. He's like, you should know this. We call them cows, but here's all the reasons why we call them cows. I'm going to explain it for like five minutes. We call them cows. It's so fetch. Stop trying to make fetching cows happen. No one calls them cows, Derek. Uh, it's always like, this is terrible. So the only option is for me to use a sledgehammer on my foot or his ankle. I think he blows out his foot. I didn't like this. This was intense. I didn't like this. I. What do you I'm, mean? What kind of way did you not like it? I didn't like it in the fact that it was very visceral. Like it was very like yeah. I. I was having like this is a habit I've picked up um, over quarantine pandemic time is that like when I start getting kind of anxious about stuff, I want to scrub forward, especially with shows I've seen where I'm just like I'm just gonna move on. I physically made myself not. I'm like no, I'm gonna scrub too far and it's gonna turn into a thing where I miss a whole scene or something. So I just watched it and it was like, it was that kind of thing where once upon a time, every once in a while just goes hard for no reason whatsoever. And that was this scene where it was just like, this is the scene. This is why he limps. So you guys are all going to go for a ride with us. Welcome to hell. Yeah. I mean, well, they've kind of alluded to how, you know, how he was injured and he was injured and deserted. So it's like, oh, well, how does all that work? And, I I thought this was really evocative. Um, I thought it was very risky, and I think it was really sold because of Robert Carlyle's performance. Like he he made us feel the pain that he was experiencing. Like he took us on that journey of confidence, nervousness, fear, terror, and then this act of desperation where he literally like really seriously injured himself so that he could go home. Um, I thought he did fantastic in this whole backstory thing. And I, I mean, it's hard to watch, but it's a good hard to watch. Like, and it's also something that you can almost like, you would think like cards on the table. You're like, Oh, well he injured himself to, to desert the war. You'd be like, wow, what a dick. Uh, but then you find out like, oh, he did it because he thought he was going to be leaving his, uh, which when you go, when you march off to war, I mean, that's a, it's a risk you're taking. Um, but it's just one of those, he didn't want to do that. And I, I like this part of him explaining. I've like in the past, he's so sure of himself. Like no one hits themselves in, in the foot with a hammer. A true coward would not hit themselves in a foot with a hammer. Let's put it that way. He was doing it for a purpose and he did it because he wanted to be there for his son, coward or not, apparently. Um, mm-hmm. Rumple in the future, I have a little problem with his thought process as to how he thinks that this is going to work because it, it just has a very, like, meet the Robinsons, this plan doesn't feel very well thought out kind of line to it. 
Um, oh, you mean you mean when he the way he tries to convince Balefire to forgive him? Here's all the things you hate. I'm gonna do them more. Yeah. Do you want to come back with me? I'll make all your memories go away and make you 14 again. Do you remember being 14? Wasn't it rad? <laughs> no. Literally, after you found out you have a son, I'll make you the same the same age as him. You guys could be best friends. <laughs> no. uh, God. So he does that. So he comes home. Uh, he comes home and his wife is pissed. Mm-hmm. Mila is pissed uh, because uh, rumors travel faster than people. And that is something true in all aspects of life. And it gets back to her immediately that, uh, oh, by the way, your husband injured himself. He's a coward. He deserted. Um, and so they're like, well, we have to move. But she has she has Balefire. And at first you think she doesn't know. Like they kind of do a little bait and switch where she turns and he's like, what's his name? And this is a really, really intense scene from Robert Carlyle because you, it seems like he's coming in. For a second, I thought his face was covered in blood. Like, it was just like, what's his name? It's a strong name. It's like, this is really intense for no reason because she, like, turns around with the fire. She's like, his name is Balefire. He's so wonderful. And then it just flips like a switch. He sits down and now he's in a very, like, cowardly spot. She's just screaming while holding a baby. Just like, how dare you? You should have gone to war and died like all the other men. And they're like, we have to move, we have to move. And here, take the baby, I can't look at you. And this was a nice scene while he looks at Balefire, because you can see it. You can see the the bonding that's happening. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, and like, when the baby reaches out and touches his face, I'm like, you, you can't train a baby to do those kind of things. Like, you can... Maybe if you're training a baby for acting, you can train them maybe look in a direction, but only if the mom is there, like, or, you know, or their favorite toy. But, like, that hand touching the face, that was just the baby being a cute, adorable baby. That was just the baby doing something in in the moment. And that was just, it it melted my heart. My my baby's still too little for that, because, you know, newborns in TV land are, like, seven months old i love i never noticed it until i had my own and now when you just like to be like congratulations it's a boy and it's 13 months like what is the biggest <laughs> chonker you've ever seen like that's not a, so long this baby's talking like what is happening uh i love it yeah because you never really know like that's the thing about newborns they're just so small like you can't fathom how small they are mm-hmm. you're just like i'm gonna break this damn thing um but not your own. I still can't hold other people's babies comfortably. I thought I could. Like, I was like, okay, I can hold my kid. I feel like I could probably juggle him and feel safe. Other people's kids, man. Like, you're just like, I don't I don't, I don't want to be responsible for this. Like, I yeah. can't do it. So, they jump forward uh, to, to, to Rumple being the dark one. Uh, and he's just, like, wandering around, looking around, looking for stuff. Finds what he's looking for. Finds the seer in, like, the worst camp ever yeah. made well, i mean obviously she, she can't like well she doesn't need much and also you know like she has eyes on her hands and and doesn't have eyes on her face it's probably hard for her to do manual labor because every time she tries to pick, so- Pokes pick her up eye. something it's like ow ow, ow. <laughs> <laughs> well i'm also imagining like it doesn't seem like her eyes work other than magically so like yeah. she can't like she can't just be like oh well what do you want here at mcdonald's and she just like puts her Hands up to look, uh, I don't know, at number four, I guess. Um, and can we just say the CGI on the the eyes on the hands? Oh, th- not not very good. No, they actually look like they were on the wrong hands. 
Like kind somehow, of. like I was just like, like, how yeah. do they look wrong? They're not supposed to be there. How can they look wrong? Like, how can you look like you messed this up? Uh, so he shows up and she's like, I knew you'd come yet somehow still startled. Like she starts, yeah, I knew you'd be here. <laughs> and he's like, I want more details. And she says, fine, you can have all of the details you could possibly want by taking this from me. And that's, it's where the part where the narrator comes in. And that's when he realized he screwed up. Uh, cause this is not a fun magic to have. It is a curse magic because no one should see this. No one should see this many timelines or puzzle pieces or whatever you want to call it. Uh, he is now burdened with too much information. But not enough, ironically. But it, I mean, it, it is a, a pretty good explanation for why Rumpel seems to be able to put so many pieces into place the way that he does. It's because he's gotten all these visions... And so he has, you know, one of several paths to move forward, but it also explains why he doesn't know everything and why some of it he screws up as badly as he does, because how do you work through all of that? How do you work? How do you jumble through all that? He don't do have like time. This, yeah. And I, I, but I do like it being like, oh, it's not because he's just like the super smartest boy in the land. It's because he has he took this power from somebody else but the power also freaking sucks i also uh one of the one of the not as not as strong parts of the scene is is and this isn't the actress it was just like there was no reason for this clunkiness to be there but it was just like tell me how we got there and she's like with her hands and she's like trying to figure she's like it'll be a curse a curse that you don't think and it will be broken by not you and it's just like we've seen like i i think there was a way to do this less dramatically to get the point across uh, like it just kind of dragged a little for me. I think, I think it was just a little bit too melodramatic for what we needed. Yeah. And, and also like the little girl just like put her hand out and was just like, I see shit. And then this, this, this other one is like doing a freaking like dance to mother nature. I think it's the, the same woods. one. It's the same one. No, it's not the same person. It's two different actresses. There, she's older. Yeah. No, I know it's the same seer. So one's no, a kid. it's the same. No, it's the same. Yeah, no, it's the same seer. Oh, okay. But like, okay. This older one. Okay, it, I was like, am uh, I for on some group? reason, okay. as she got older, she decided to turn it into Lord of the Dance, where she's just like, like jazzercising her prophecies. <laughs> she is. She is all of us getting out of quarantine and not knowing how to interact with people. Yes, like, it's a person. Ah, let me tell you of my struggles. Um, it's like, oh no. Uh, so he he absorbs this power, um, and it is how, like you said, it's how he seems to know all of, like, little bits of Endgame, but he doesn't know how it gets there, so he just sort of, like, there's a lot of putting the putch in motion situations, like, I'm just gonna kind yes. of, here we go, alright, let's just see how it lines up and see if that clears it up a little bit. But yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and then he, but he does learn one more prophecy, but let's save that for the Ooh, end. Oh yes, that little, like that little kernel, reveal. little kernel, the little yeah. nugget, the little nugget, nugget that's going to drive the next few episodes. Uh, and you know, we're going to go get it to, to New York in, in just a minute. First, there's like some random things happening in Storybrooke. They they barely matter. In fact, I was very bored oh, every time listen. we went back to Storybrooke in this episode. I'm like, I don't care. I, this, I. Except for the. David Mar Mary Margaret scene, which I loved to death, which we can talk about. Yeah, we'll talk about that uh, in relation to to as the information comes out in Manhattan. But mm -hmm. uh, basically, Cora decides that. Well, I'm sorry. 
Cora keeps like talking to Regina like she's five, uh, being like, "You're doing so good, sweetie. I'm so proud of you." And Hooks is like, "Where did he go? I need to kill him." He's like, "Well, he's somewhere <laughs> without magic." And Hooks like, "Cool." And I like that they explain that yes, they can leave, and that's no problem, and that he doesn't have magic. And Hook is like, "I don't care." Hook is clearly able, like, Hook doesn't care. Hook wants to die. He just wants to make sure Rumple is dead first. So there's no reason they should have been able to talk him out of this because it would have been like, yeah, go run him through with your sword. Then you can also die or rot in an American prison. Who knows? But they like kind of like, they're like, oh no, yeah, we can cross the town line because we weren't affected by the curse, but we're not going to do that. And let me tell you why we're going to go find his dagger so that when he does come back and have magic, we'll be in charge. I don't know why Hook just didn't leave. Yeah, that's not like that doesn't gel with his plan. It's a terrible in fact, plan that for him. Goes against, yeah, it goes against his plan. Yeah, like because great plan for Cora, terrible plan for Hook. I mean, I feel like it would have been better for them to they they kind of allude to how the hell would you find him, which is a fair point. If they had been more emphasizing that, uh, where Regina was like, I don't know where he went. Um, and you don't know how to drive a car. I'm sure as hell not leaving to drive you because I would lose my magic. Like if they had emphasized, you can't do it. You're going to, you're going to get lost and probably die. You have no money. You're in an old timey coat and you don't have a hook. You don't have any identification. You are not a citizen. Like it's weird. Um, so, so then the little side project that happens, and I'll just explain two scenes at once here, uh, is that Regina goes to Belle and is like, hey, Belle, do you remember anything? And Belle says no. And so Regina puts her to sleep. And then for no other reason than just to be extra as hell, the only way Regina decides to sort through Belle's purse, other than just using her hands and trifling through her purse, she just magics them into the air and just like lets them around. And I'm going to look at this single post-it note. Oh, good. And then puts everything back in the purse. Meanwhile, Ethan Embry's character is recording that on his his Nokia cell phone. And just be like, ha you'll never believe what I just saw. Some lady going through a bag with magic. So there's that scene. The post-it note is a Dewey Decibel number because it's spell. And it leads to a piece of paper that is it's a very confusing piece of paper. I don't know why I was flummoxed by the paper. It looked... Really old, but also new. It didn't fold normal. Didn't look like paper. Looked like plastic. Yeah, it was weird. And like, why was it hidden in the place where the book would be and not inside the book? Why was the book taken out and a paper put in? It makes no sense. And also, I feel like Belle would have been smarter than to like leave that in like the Dewey Decimal number should have been the book up and to the left. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, not yeah. exactly in the spot. Uh, uh, whatever, Bill. Uh, so they they find the paper, and then Hook's just like, "Oh, I'm useful again. Look, I'm gonna draw a diamond, and I'm gonna show you that it's right here in the middle." It, we never really get a good look at this map thing. He's like, "Oh yeah, to a trained pirate's eye like myself, I can tell you exactly where it is." And they're like, "Cool, thanks." Throws Hook against the bookshelf. It was just like, "We will go find it. See you next week." The end. <laughs> yeah, and I I do want to speak about Regina for just a hot second before we get into the real good stuff. Um, because, like, the beginning of the episode, I thought the scene with Regina, Mary Margaret, and David was very good. 
where she comes, she wants to know where, where, where Henry is because Henry is gone. And then how crushed she gets when Mary Margaret's like, Emma doesn't need to check in with you. Bye. Yeah. Like that was heartbreaking, but she's being so stupid with Cora. Like the, the, this whole, like Cora is giving plans that not only would Hook not be down with, Regina wouldn't be down with it. Cora just goes to her at the end and is like, if we get the dagger, then we control the Dark One. And he's going to kill everyone who's ever been mean to you. And it's going to be great. And and you, you're blameless. And Henry's going to be cool with it. How does Regina buy any of that? Because she, and that's the other thing. Yeah, she won't be blameless at all. Like, yeah. obviously she's involved with this. 100 it, if if they don't silence Hook, Hook's for sure gonna tell him. It it's a bad plan. It's not even a good like lie plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that's that's yeah that that's a terrible. The plan is to kill Gold with her hands, uh, clean. Yeah, but it's like what's gonna yeah like what's she, I just don't understand how she thinks there's a good end game out of this and. I guess they're trying to, you know, signify that Cora has this big manipulative hold over her, which she has in the past. But I feel like this is also a slightly different world and it's also a slightly different Regina. And so I don't, it's, it's not clicking for me the way that the show wants it to. Yeah. I feel like the thing that's missing here is I feel like Regina, like real true Regina would have, would have had at least one follow-up question like, and then what? Like, mm-hmm. I control the Dark One. Cora controls the Dark One. Yay, everything's fine. You have Henry. Okay. Then what? Because that's not a plan. That's a that's a getting to a point. Like, that's not how we all live mm-hmm. copacetically. Um, because it's also involving killing Emma. And Cora killing Emma is not going to go over well with Henry in any sense of the word. And Henry's mm-hmm. already pretty suspicious of Regina in the first place. Like, how... Uh, it's... Again, you're right. It doesn't really work, mostly because Regina seems to be... Regina's eyes are shut in this scenario, and it's just they're just a little too shut. I think we we, we switched our Regina really quickly when Cora showed up. Yeah. And it's a little bit of turbulence in this episode, so... Yeah, it's a little a little rough around there. Just speaking of, speaking of turbulence, we had a flight in the last episode. Yay! Because we had to go to New York, and apparently, well, I mean, it would have been a f- several hours drive. It would have been like a sixteen-hour drive to to go to New York from Maine. So I, you know, I can understand why they'd want to fly. No, we had a we long. had a we had a comment. Um, a, I believe a Bostonian point out that the the trip, a flight to New York from about that area versus a drive, is about the same amount of time. Like you could just drive there and park, um, or you could go through the hassle of flying. Wait, from Boston to New York? I think Boston, New York-ish. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, those ones, like, that's not that long. But Maine to New York is much longer. I've driven driven from New York to Maine. What part of Maine is Storybrooke in? Top part? Middle part? I don't know. I don't know. Well, we went to the lower part of Maine, and it was still, like, I think, like, 10 hours or something. Mm. Maybe like that. But anyway, they are in New York City, the most... Toronto part of New York City, I'm guessing, because 
it 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 doesn't, I don't I'm pretty sure they're not actually in New York. Like there is a scene where where Emma is chasing the mysterious bale fire and they run in, in front of what looks like the Flatiron, which is a very iconic New York building, but as I was telling Abby before we started recording, um I used to work really close to the Flatiron. The surrounding area did not look like that neighbor that area. Like the building looked similar, but the whole area did not. So I'm pretty sure that was just like a similar building. I yeah in Canada, yeah because it's all built filled in the Canada guys. Canada's great. Go Canada. I'm watching Canada's Drag Race right now. It's very lovely. Uh, listen, you can tell that it's New York, and you want to know how? When they step out of the out of a cab, there's a puddle near a grate. <gasps> it's oh New York. It's just it's just <laughs> immersive. And Henry gets a hot dog. Where else could you get one? How much Nowhere. money could Gold possibly have? I like that he probably had $2 and spent it on a hot dog. Spent it on a hot dog <laughs> of the child that will ultimately be his undoing. Just... His name is Mr. Gold. He's got cash. He's got cash I to I would love to like be that hot dog vendor who's like, yes, I take gold doubloons. Sure. <laughs> I'll barter. All yeah. right. So yeah, so Emma, uh, Henry, and Mr. Gold, they arrive in front of the apartment building that apparently, like, so Mr. Gold's magic was good enough to identify the apartment building, but not the actual apartment. Sure. I mean, okay, I guess this is that weird seer magic. It just tells him part of it, but not the whole thing. All the puzzle pieces, just not the apartment number. Damn, damn, don't you hate that? So Emma assumes that it's the only apartment without an occupant's name, as opposed to the more logical option of using a fake name, because if there's no name there, that means they don't want to be found. Also, using a fake name prevents you from being found. But Emma is smart. She's a smart cookie. She's right on the money, because someone starts fleeing the building, and Gotta Emma go. and, and, <laughs> and Cold's like... If you want to fulfill your end of the bargain, get that guy. Get him to talk to me. Go, go. So Emma just are giving chase. They they run through the streets. This guy's he's fast, but he is not fast enough for Emma and her boots boots because she goes around. She tackles him, and oh shit, guys, what is happening? It's it's Neil, you guys. I mean, we kind of already blows my mind. Totally new information. <laughs> I mean, it is. It was new. Oh yes, it was yeah, at yeah, the yeah. time. Yes. I remember watching this episode for the, when it first came out. This blew my freaking mind. Agreed. I do remember this because I just remember being like, "Oh man, this is gonna be great. Who could this possibly be?" Because you're thinking like it's gonna be like, I don't know. Like I remember first watching this, thinking it was gonna be someone like younger, not like fourteen, mm -hmm. but I was thinking that someone's gonna be like in their like older teens like maybe 20 mm -hmm. at the most like so i was and they they kind of do that with the hood that he's wearing and stuff like he's got kind of like a a rabble rousing youth situation mm -hmm. going on and yeah like it was just like he puts the thing down and it just like neil like we're all reacting like emma neil no yeah, no, this was this and and even though like I knew it was coming, I still felt the the shock of the moment when I was watching the episode again cuz I hadn't seen this episode since it first came out. It's just that that reveal is is so good. And I I just one note I want to say 
is uh, apparently the AV Club gave this episode a C, and I'm very angry about that because this episode is an A++. How dare they? I know, right? Boy, the AV There's Club, a- they never miss. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are technically one of uh, one of io Nine sister sites, so I'm not oh. going to speak to that. I can say but- whatever I want. <laughs> you can say- yeah, go, go right ahead. Um <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, it is Neil. Neil is the one who's running away. And so, obviously, yes, he is Balefire. And Neil and Emma, they first talk about it in the street. Then they go talk about it in a bar. And it's it's very fascinating how much and how little communicating they're doing in these scenes. Because, like, there's so much they're saying, but there's also so much that is being left unsaid. Um, like Neil is is flabbergasted that Emma knows about Balefire and about Mr. Gold about Rumpelstiltskin and everything, and then Emma is is shocked that he is Rumpelstiltskin's son because then she assumes that he was in on it with Rumpel mm-hmm. to get her, and like that Rumpel's pulling the strings yet again. That gosh darn Rumpelstiltskin, and apparently that's not the case. Right. Neil didn't know who she was. And then when he found out who she was, thanks to our boy Pinocchio. That's the scene. That's the scene that took me completely out of the episode. I Why? Hate this, I hate this reveal so much. They set it up to be something so cool. And instead what it is, is August being like the most melodramatic writer in the world. I typed out, I know you are Balefire and I will show it to you in this case. It just... I didn't. I don't I, know. I love. I love how just he lives for the drama. I love it. I know. I just. I. I. When I first watched it, I hated it, and I didn't care for it this time. Like it was just like I wanted whatever was in that case to be so much something better. I don't know what it could have been, so I'm not gonna like give it too much garbage. But it just like I just like that it's the full sentence. I know your balefire. It could have just been balefire. Why was it in the case? <laughs> Why wasn't it just? And I know it's for cinematic things where you can't be just like, I know you're Balefire. Oh, shit. Like, they can't do that because that's not a cliffhanger. It just, it was so, like, intense. Like, for just for what? Anyway, <laughs> that was the scene that I just went, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I I liked it. It's that's stupid fine. and it's that's so fine. petty and it's so just for the drama. But you know what? August has had a rough life. Neil's had a rough life. They've earned this. I can, I'll, give I'll give it to you. I'll give it to I'll you. I'll give like, them the drama. Let's I'll just, give you that. I think we. I think we the- land on different sides of the field with both August and Neil. Um, you yes. and I. So I think that this. I have a, just a different side of this. But well, you don't. You don't like Neil. I. I'm okay with Neil. I. Oh. I don't dislike him. I just. It was just I one like of those. I never really lot. bonded much with Neil. Like it was. Oh, I bonded greatly with him. I was so. I was so pissed when the thing that happened to him happened to him and how it happened to him. I was very angry about that. I'm trying not to spoil it just in case people are going through it. I don't want to get too much into it. But anyway, so they go to a bar and Neil, like, you know, they kind of both come to the realization that, no, this was not some predestined thing as far as they know. If Rumpel was doing it, if Rumpel's hand was in it, neither of them were aware of it. Um, but Neil's like, he, he kind of throws, throws the dog a bone and is like, well, you know, maybe it didn't happen 
on purpose, but something good may have come of it. Hint, hint, cough, cough, their son. She's like, nope. Nope. No, 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 nothing happened. Nothing, nothing good. Nothing great. It's terrible. Goodbye forever. Well, I, I like that. He was like, fine. Nothing good happened. And you don't love me and you don't miss me. Interesting necklace you're wearing, though. Hmm. And she, I love, one of the things I like about Emma's character is that she is fast on her feet because she will never let anyone have the upper hand because he's like, yes. why are you still wearing the necklace? And she's like, to remind myself never to trust a bitch and throws it his face. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, and I gotta go. See you later. No, yeah, that was, that was, that was very choice. And I also just got to hand it to um, Jennifer Morrison throughout this episode. Um, like this, I, I I I tend to have a problem with the trope of strong independent woman is is on the verge of tears and a breakdown. Like this is something that Joss Whedon did a bunch with like Buffy and 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 Firefly and Dollhouse and pretty much anything. So Joss he's ever Whedon made. got it. The Joss, <laughs> Joss Whedon thing. So I don't really like when you when you have to make a female character relatable by making her weak. That's it. So I don't like that as a trope, but I feel like Emma's pain and her trauma is well earned in this part of the story. First with her parents and now with Neil. Um, She's been through so much shit and it's all coming to, it's all just falling apart at the same time. And I thought Jennifer Morrison acted so well in this she's just like deer in the headlights can't deal can't do can't fathom and like she she wants so hard to scream at him for 14 hours but she doesn't but you can see she's like she's like a panther ready to strike oh so i i just and you're right this is earned too, because in in a lot of the times um, in the trope that you're talking about, it's a different trauma that is being triggered um, for these events. Where it's just like, oh, well, I had a really hard something or other. It's now affecting how I'm I I am right now. He's very much the trigger. Like this is the like her facing down the one real thing that she thought she had. Like of all of the things in her life, she thought Neil was like the thing. Like, it mm-hmm. left, it was shitty, but it was just, like, this was the thing. Like, it wasn't even Henry. Henry just sort of came into her life, and she gathered that later. But, like, the one thing that she could have as her own was she had this love affair with this guy that she thought was so great. Um, and now she's facing him, and she... That's not fun. This is the first time yeah. she's seeing him. And, I mean, I don't know. I've faced an ex before, and you're just like, I've been thinking about what I'm going to say, but I'm not emotionally prepared for this as I thought I was. Um... But also, first of all, also Emma looks amazing this whole episode. I was just like, oh, I'm yeah. so mad my hair isn't long anymore because I just want to curl my hair and let it blow behind me while I run and chase people on foot. <laughs> but this is yet another time. They do not run out of ep- ways to just flabbergast Emma. Because yeah. Emma's whole characterization is just to be thrown out of her comfort zone. It happened in the first episode. It continued happening through most of the first season. You're like, oh, you know, for a uh, second season, throw her into into the fairy tale land. She has no idea what's going on. Cool, she's seen it all. There's nothing that could surprise her. Surprise, it's your boyfriend. Like <laughs> he's part of this all, the whole thing. Now you have to make that all make sense in your brain. Good luck. 
Yeah, and Jennifer Morrison is really good at reacting. Like, I guess the best term would be reaction acting. Mm-hmm. Like, responding to outside stimuli and and figuring out a way to really convey how her character feels about it. Uh, especially in those really vulnerable moments. Um, and so I just want to give her good props for that oh, yeah. because Snap she's drama. great. Snap for Jennifer. Um, so ne- so Emma's like, all right, I got to take you to Mr. Cold. <laughs> she so- it sounds like she's like a, host- a hostage situation, which in some ways it is. She's like, all right, got to take you to the boss. <laughs> He's like, why? And she's like, I made a deal with him. And you just see all the color run out of his face. Yeah. You did what? That was that was really good because there you Neil even in this scene ha- has few like purposefully has few similarities to his balefire self. He's distanced himself so much. But then when he hears that one thing, it's like he's back. He's that little boy again. Yeah. He's that traumatized little boy and he's and, and it, the, the knowing is just really fascinating. Oh yeah. Um but he's like I'll tell you what. Just let me go. And you'll never have to see me again. Just tell Rumble you lost me. It's no big deal. Broken deal. Whatevs. He can't do shit about it. It's land without magic. What's he going to do? Bye. So that's Emma does because she doesn't want to deal with any of it. Yeah. And I think it's funny that she's also bad at lying because her eyes flutter like crazy when she says the whole sentence of he got away. Uh-huh. Um, I was because I was looking at her. I was just like, I wonder if she's going to like be very obvious about it. And she's not super obvious. But yeah, it's just like the moment she's like, oh, no, he's not here. Why not? Oh, uh, flutter, 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 flutter. <laughs> like it was just, oh, okay. Yeah. Gold's going to pick up on that immediately. But okay. Sure. <laughs> Maybe her superpower is just she, 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 she's so bad at lying. She knows when other people are doing it too. Like, listen, I suck at it. You suck at it. We all suck at it. Let's all just be honest with each other. Um, <laughs> I also like, I'll just point out, like, right now, it's, it's, in case I don't mention it before, I love Henry. Henry only has, like, a couple one-liners to continue inserting himself into the story and to also, mm-hmm. like, reactionary. And he is just, like, someone gave him, like, a Diet Coke or something, like, between takes because he was just in it to win it. Like, he was so <laughs> pumped to be in Toronto slash New York. Just like, yes! <laughs> oh, yeah, that That hot dog gave him, like boundless energy he was just so excited yeah um and so emma calls her mom to kind of explain the situation is like holy shit i found neil oh and also he's rumpelstiltskin's son and and mary margaret reacts just perfectly exactly the way i imagine like a mom would react oh, to this kind such, of information such this mom energy. such mom mode such a mom mode but no no it's fine just anyway just good luck see you later honey <laughs> hangs up the phone oh my god <laughs> like what the charming and this, yeah and this was the scene i was i was talking about before where where mary margaret is telling uh charming about like the whole family connection and David's kind of putting to get pieces together. And then he talks about like, thank God we don't celebrate Thanksgiving. And I was like, Whoa, all right. I guess this isn't an American down. I, so my, I loved just like, and this is just this, this charming line is Mwah, chef's kiss. Amazing. Was, it was just like, Oh, well, Rumple is his grandfather. No, I'm his grandfather. <laughs> he can have two like I, and there's no like he can have two honey it's fine like it, this is a normal thing like it's not weird that he has two grandfathers but he was just so incensed no it's me <laughs> <How dare you? laughs> me 
<laughs> it was really good. I'm Pappy. And, how dare you? And this is like, because the, the family tree gets so much more convoluted, you guys. It gets so much crazier. So the I found it really funny that, that David is pointing out how like i said convoluted the family yeah. tree is and i'm like oh baby you ain't seen nothing yet <laughs> just we're only in second gear we're about to shift like crazy yeah. here we go no there's about to get a whole lot more also one day you're going to uh gonna lance on a pickup truck with king arthur <laughs> look forward to that oh it's just you couldn't even imagine it right now like be like oh what happens in a couple seasons from now well Fun story. <laughs> Princess Anna's going to teach you how to sword fight so you can fight little Bo Peep who's a mob boss. Guys, I'm so excited for that episode. I don't even know when it happens. I'm so pumped. Okay. So. Okay. So anyway. So. So they all uh, head back to the apartment building. Um, Emma's like, yeah, sorry. He got away. Whoopsie. My bad. Gold's pissed. And so he's just like, much like in the previous episode where he freaking like punched a bathroom because he was mad, he just starts hitting all the buttons like a tiny child. He's like buddy, eventually it's the buddy, goes. It's the buddy, the elf scene in the elevator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so eventually, someone's like, "Okay, you got to cut it out," and lets him in. So then he uh, and he's going up. Henry's like, "Yeah, let's do. It. We're gonna break and enter. It's great. I'm having a great time. Woo, sugar, it's awesome." And Emma the whole time is like pleading with him and finding really bad excuses that in any other situation Emma wouldn't give a shit about. No, yeah, it's against the law, <laughs> Emma. I love, I love when Emma says that it is against the law, and then Henry, without <laughs> missing a beat, I'll do lookout. Like, <laughs> I know that was so good. Let's eat hot dogs and do crime. <laughs> yeah i'm like she's broken into people's houses before she's broken into people's cars this season like yeah yeah as an adult not not even just like in her wild young days which she did it a lot back then but even as her her doubling she stole things from people's computers like emma you don't have a leg to stand on i don't know why you're trying this yeah we're desperate I, yeah, she's desperate, but yeah, it's a different angle, because even Rumpel's just like, no. I also do like that, and this is only coming from someone who does know how to pick locks, I love watching them, tr- any kind of film, do lock picking, because you can always tell when they know versus when they don't know, and mm-hmm. my suspicion here is that they know how, but they weren't going to actually do it. Because you do kind of harm locks when you do it. Like, you could tell when that happens. And so it was like, he has the tools. He's actually picking the lock. But he's just sort of pushing them around because he doesn't even, <laughs> yeah. like, turn it to, like, like a key would do Because you turn it. Mm-hmm. You, it mimics a key and you turn it. He doesn't even do that. He goes, it doesn't do anything. He's like, I'm in. I'm like, how? No, you're not. <laughs> Imagine. It's just like, we can do this, but we can't hurt this lock. Okay, just sort of puts around with it for a little bit. <laughs> figure it out and it gets in Uh, they get in yes they they head inside um he's trying to find something that's gonna tell them who he is where he's gone when he's coming back he also was like you know eventually he's gonna have to come home for his stuff i'm gonna be here waiting for him and emma finds the dream catcher and all the color just drains from her face and she does not know how to react she pulls it she's looking at it and, (laughs) and rumples like what are you doing? Uh, what do you? What do you? What do you? What? What is that? And, he, and she's just like, "Oh, it's 
a dream catcher. <laughs> Rumpel's like, yeah, I can see that. Why are you holding it? He goes from zero to 11 very quickly with him. He's like, I oh, surely God. will find out. What are you holding? Why is he holding? You know something. Who is he? <laughs> I mean, Rumpel's a smart... He's a, he, he also is a smart cookie. And he probably, like, at that moment, I imagine he was kind of, like, putting the past 15 minutes together. of just like, Emma was acting real weird this whole time. Dreamcatcher, what? And then all of it just kind of falls into place instantaneously. I do like that. And then so so for, for dramatic reveal purposes, we put... We, Henry, why don't you go sit in the bathroom for a while? There's no way in this New York apartment you'll be able to hear us clearly in the bathroom while we shout about the Dreamcatcher. <laughs> it's probably fine. So he's, ugh, fine. So he goes to the bathroom and he's just in there for a while. And Rumple just starts, like, screaming at her. He's wailing. He gets dangerous mode. And just at that moment, because Neil was probably like, I will never go back to that apartment. And then he just went, oh, shit. He made a deal. They made a deal. Gotta go back. He's gonna kill her. And he doesn't want Emma to die. So he comes back. And, uh, yeah. And that's when Emma makes her mistake of being like, Neil. <laughs> just rumple. Hey. Neil. Who's Neil? But yeah, but she was like, she was such in such a vulnerable state. Like I know everything had just gone thrown at her so much. So I don't blame her no, don't. for 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 saying this. And I I do love how flummoxed Rumple is. Like he's aghast. Like because the whole episode is about him getting these seer powers, where he can see so much of the future. This was something he clearly didn't see. This was not part of his visions. He had no idea that this could happen or was going on, obviously. And so he's just like, I think he's partially angry. Not only that this was a secret that was kept from him, but that it was something that he didn't know. That it was yeah. something that he couldn't find out on his own. Yeah. As a as a fellow control freak, uh, when, <laughs> when, when, when you know a lot of stuff and then suddenly everything becomes a little bit of a question mark, it just makes you very not normal. Like you, it, it expresses itself in different ways, obviously, like anxiety or anger or stuff like that. Obviously, it's all of those above with uh, Rumple because he's anxious, he's nervous, he's mad, he's violent. Uh, and yeah, this all, I do like that for Emma, this all happens in about, 30 minutes like her whole world is completely shifted and just mm -hmm. goes crazy and she has to make a lot of like decisions she's not prepared to make in that time on the airplane ride she didn't care she was like i don't give a shit what's happening and now suddenly she's faced with somebody and she has to tell her son something she was not prepared to do and go back on a lie that she didn't mean to hurt him with like it's a whole like damn poor buy this woman a drink <laughs> Yeah. And let her drink this it. Is, so this, this like, this moment, because I, I can't call it this scene, because this is a specific moment within the scene that just, I loved to death, where Neil, Emma, and, 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 um, and Gold are all like, this is an awkward moment. This is, it is incredibly tense. And then it gets a whole lot more tense because Henry comes into the room calling for his mom because he's bored. <laughs> he's bored. He just shotgun two more Diet Cokes in the bathroom and he's very excited. Uh, and I, I like this scene. I, I really I, like the scene. I think Neil does a great job. The actor that plays him. What's the actor's name? Do you know? Offhand. Um, I can pull it okay. up. Uh, uh, Michael Raymond James. Okay. 
he he's does. Been, he's a TV actor. He's been in a lot of stuff. Oh, I know. I think I've talked about this. One of the reasons I didn't imprint with him was because he was in True Blood as a bad guy. And I was just like not trusting him from the jump. It's like, oh, he was a bad guy in one other show that I watched. I can't trust him <laughs> uh, because I have tiny elementary brain. Uh, so, so he comes out and it was just like, it's just this whole scene of just like, you know, how old are you? I will love it. And just like watching him like do very fast math in his head of mm-hmm. how old he would have needed to be. And you know, like blah, blah, blah. And just like this dawning realization, which is very akin to the realization that Rumple had when mm-hmm. I hand told her the same thing. Your wife is expecting and just your whole demeanor changes. Like, Hey, by the way, you're dad now. Can't undo yeah, this and, information. And I loved these moments for, for several reasons. One, I loved how, like, Neil, once it starts dawning on him, how desperate he gets for the answer when he's like, how old are you? And she's like, you don't have to answer that question. How old are you? Like, he's so he's so desperate. He's pleading with, with Henry and Emma for that information because he's like, oh my God, he's, it's just a lot. And then, and I love how he's just like, 11, can we all just stop yelling? What is happening? <laughs> I'm confused. Um, yeah, I do like, just to point out, um, no one should have to find out that they're going to be a father by a seeing a hand lady or, or that child screaming that he is the father like both not great ways to find out you're a dad yeah and i i just feel so bad for both henry and neil in this time because like emma fudged up royally with this whole situation and and she did it because she wanted to protect herself and henry points out to her this is what regina's done to me she's lied to me a bunch now you're lying to me too i don't like it i he was not a happy camper um but then there's also with Neil, I feel like there's the the pain there is twofold. Like the deception has almost twice as many consequences as I guess would be a normal situation. Not only is has he been denied knowing that he has a son for this long, because Emma never told him, but he also a huge part of his pain is being abandoned by his father. And now he's like, oh, shit, I had a son this whole time. He's got to wrestle with the fact that without even knowing it, he had abandoned his son. He continued the cycle, Mm -hmm. even though he didn't know he was doing it. Right. Um, So just to to backtrack just a bit, I will say I I don't think Emma fudged up as bad as they're making it sound. Really? I like... (sighs) Like, from Emma's perspective here, okay, like, he like he just blipped off the planet. And at the time, no idea that he's affected to anything in that town. No idea. And, again, Henry is 10. Um, I, am, I am a very firm believer in shooting straight with kids, like, telling them what's going on. The Neil, you're... Also, was the he was born in jail conversation already brought up? Has this already come up? Like, does well, no. he know this information yet? No. Okay. So it's just a lot to download into it. Like, and obviously. Oh, no, he did know because it was in the newspaper. Okay. So I just think that like, you know, oh, yeah, that because he he abandoned me and I gave you up for adoption. Like giving you up for adoption is already like a big thing to reconcile Mm -hmm. for a 10 year old's brain. Um, 
I could see, like, it's kind of like why people wait to tell people that they're adopted. Like, you just let them believe for a little while that you're part of their, or you let them know early you're adopted. Like, there's different, different ways. It just, your dad abandoned you is such a, like, especially to a kid who might go find that guy. (laughs) Like, Henry might. Henry would get in the car and go find this guy. Being like, hey, no, he was a hero. He died. He's never coming back. Just don't, don't do anything with your brain on it. I... I think maybe she would have later told him. I just think at the time, I don't know. I think there's a, there's an, I'm not totally against this. That's what I'm saying. Lie to your children, kids. Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, it might, like, there might be a more, like, kind of personal reason why I really don't like this decision. And, um, so you remember, like I mentioned that, that Henry's middle name is George for my grandfather. Well, he wasn't actually my biological grandfather. He had adopted my dad when my dad was a baby. Uh, when he had, um, when my grandma, my Grammy got remarried, he adopted my dad. But they never told him he wasn't his biological father. He found out when he wanted to go get his driver's license. Okay. And he had a different person on the birth certificate. And, like, we've never really talked about it, but I imagine that that's kind of a, traumatic fucked up thing to learn is like your dad is not your biological dad finding out incidentally through outside means instead of just being told in an honest way so like i while emma has every reason to protect henry in my opinion she wasn't protecting henry she was protecting herself okay i'll i get that i get that i just think in this specific scenario Apart from the one that you laid out, I think this was one of those, you know, in her head, Neil is a terrible guy who did just abandon her and let her rot away in jail and never contacted her again. I don't want that kid guy near my kid. And Mm -hmm. the odds of them running into, because, you know, like when you're, we're talking about the life that they were leading, the fact like she probably genuinely thought Neil died anyway, uh, because Neil was just drifter guy. So it just... At the time, knowing, like, hey, is he ever going to meet this guy? No. Is it going to just hurt him more to know that his father abandoned both of us? Maybe. So, I don't know. I agree. Like, it's it's a weird, murky situation. I just, I didn't feel as incensed. I didn't feel as, as like, I understand that Henry's probably hurt, too. Because, again, he's 10, yeah. or 11, rather, and so he's going to have a bigger reaction. Because what Regina did versus what Emma did... I don't think they're comparable as I think maybe where my point boils down to. Mm. So Yeah, no, no, Regina's been way worse than Emma. And and Henry kind of being like you're just as bad as she is, I felt was a little bit harsh, but also he's a small child. I know. And, uh, Kids say shitty and, stuff a know, lot. Exactly. Um, but I, I Emma and Neil both done goofed up here. Yes. Neil did more than she did, but that doesn't excuse what she's done it doesn't forgive what she's done uh in my opinion anyway got it but alas so (laughs) and so emma goes outside to speak to henry and meanwhile gold is pleading with neil to talk and and uses the uh because Neil's like, I don't want to have anything to do with you. I don't want to talk to you. And then he's like, no, 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 no. Emma's deal was that I got to talk to you. So if that doesn't happen, Emma's broken her deal. And why, what, you know, that's why you came. So we got to do it. And Neil is so mad. He's just like, you got three minutes. And so they go talk. And gold, rumple, rumple, rumple. 
could you have picked a worse <laughs> could you have argued your case any worse than you did my answer would be no you have this been, was the worst thing ever you have been planning this for so long this is your plan this was the plan we got all this way and that's the plan you know you know why you lost him in the first place you let him go because you were going to a land without magic and you couldn't handle it and you let him go because you wanted to be more powerful so what you're going to do is try to convince him to come back to the land with magic while he is safely in a land without magic also with like the weirdest deals ever do you want to be 14 memoryless uh and I like, Neil. I like Neil's response to this. Neil's response was like, no, my memories make me who I am. Uh, being 14 sucks. I want none of these things. Thank you. I don't want to go back to you in your weird little world. Um, and I do like his explanation of the nightmares he has before he falls asleep. He's like, no, mm -hmm. you know, you gave me trauma at 14. And every night when I fall asleep, I see my father let me go. Like physically let me go. Uh, it's a, and what was, yeah, go ahead. And what was interesting in that moment was that he said like every night for longer than you can imagine. Yeah. So there's an illusion. There's a hint of what we're going to find out about Neil in the future about where he had gone. Yes. And what happened to him. So I thought that was a little interesting little nugget. We are closing one door and opening up another. Yeah. I do think now that you mentioned that there, there, there was another scene about, you know, I'm going to get some water. I'll be back. That there would be a good juxtaposition of, like, you know, little Rumple having a memory of his dad walking out the door and never coming back. Like, you'd remember something like that. Mm -hmm. To to Neil's, you know, being in a portal and your dad physically letting you go and be like, whoop, like, not, not messing up and letting you go. Like, it was a no, I will freely let you go. Like, that's, those are things that sear into brains. Uh, and you mm -hmm. don't forget stuff like that. And I, I could see that how that would be, that could have been... Like, part of the dialogue, if they would have kept that in. Be like, you know, you yeah. you say you remember him leaving, well, I remember you letting me go. Like, you know, understand where I'm at right now. Exactly. Uh, so, I liked, I um, did like that scene. It was very emotional, and I felt it. So, the, the one thing I did not care for with this rumple scene with Neil is we've already gotten this scene before. When... Rumple thought August was Neil. Papa. And that version was so much better. That yeah. was the right thing for him to say. When he went to August and was like, look at what I did to come find you. I went to a world without magic. I gave up everything. And I will gladly give up everything again for just to be with you. Now, granted, a lot's happened since then. He did bring magic into the world where it wasn't there before. So maybe that kind of changed his perspective. But that doesn't change the fact that he still knows who Neil, who Balefire is. He's made the argument to who he thought was Balefire. He made the right argument before. So I don't know why he fucked it up this badly this time. I was also trying to think, like, how would rumple convinced like how could rumple say i want to stay here let me stay here because he can't take off that awful scarf <laughs> like how will he shower how will he live his life like how will he, he can't like he can't stay there and so that's obviously like a 
I mean, because again, I, a different argument could have been like, come back with me, I'll find a way to cross that town line and, and we will leave magic forever. It would have obviously been a lie. Uh, get him there, don't let him leave, you know, situation. But it would have been a better argument than come back and live here forever and we'll start over and pretend none of this happened. Bad. No. No. Yeah, especially you... Rumpel saw... Neil just learned he had a son. <laughs> so why would Rumpel's first argument be, hey, you just found out you're a father. Let me just wipe that away. Hey, you want to Goodbye, abandon fatherhood. the child you just, yeah, you want to abandon the child you just learned about? Like, and go to his town so that he knows that you're his dad, but you have no idea who he is? I bet that will be great for Henry's mental health. Fantastic. <laughs> it's so bad. Rumpel just fucked up so bad in this episode and it makes this this was the scene that actually made me upset because we know rumple can do better because he has done better i just it was just it was it was messy it was big mess but there's there's it's not the only mess that rumple's got going on it's not the only trouble on the horizon for dear old rumple stiltskin no because you see there was one more prophecy that the seer told him over a very long period of time, as she lay dying for way longer than you'd think she would be like Extra as hell. I love it. I love it, girl. It be so extra as hell. I just just laying there being like, the child, the child that will undo the curse eh, eh, will also be your undoing. <sighs> or reunite you with your son will also be your eh, 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 undoing. And he flippantly says, oh, pff, I'll just kill him. No big deal. Let's kill the little kid. I don't care. A little, a little bit messier when it's your son's son. Yeah, hmm. and that's the that's the big dun dun dun. And because Rumple apparently has learned nothing. Nope. <laughs> because remember when the seer was like, "It'll leave your your son fatherless," and there were a lot of missing pieces in there. The word, the phrase, "be your undoing," way more vague than that. There's yep. so much that could happen. And yet Rumble is freaking the F out. Yep. Yeah. He's just like, oh, well, I guess I got it. Because, I mean, he probably just thought his whole life, like, well, not his whole life, but from that point moving forward, which has been a substantial amount of time of being like, I will just kill this kid. When this kid makes himself known, I will kill him. And I'm mm. kind of wondering if he always just knew that it was Henry and was just like, I can, I have no problem killing Henry. Like this whole time, he'd be like, yep, I will kill mm. this child. Don't get connected to Henry. I will kill him. I'm going to kill him because he's the only kid <laughs> he knows. no attachments. I have no attachments. He's the only kid he knows. It has to be him. And so it's just like, oh, pff, no big deal. I'll just kill him. I'll just murder him. And then it's just like, and then after this, we're just going to go back to Storybrooke, murder this chi- this kid. And then, oh, no, it's your kid. I can't murder him. See, I I would not agree with that if only for the reason in previous episodes we have seen Mr. Gold. We have seen Rumple show a lot of affection for Henry and make decisions that go against his nature solely to benefit Henry. Mm-hmm. Like he has a bond with, with Henry that has existed for a long time. So like if he, I honestly just don't think he put the pieces together. Maybe he just conveniently forgot this prophecy until this last minute because the whole thing, like this, the child who will lead you to your son, Henry's joining them on the trip. So obviously the child that will lead you was just there for a while. Um, so or, like, 
Oh, or, or in his head, because, you know, when you're a, a, a being as old as I assume Rumple is, mm-hmm. child can mean so much. Emma is a child to him. 28 years? What's that? So maybe he was just like, and then I'll kill Emma. And now it's even, see, now we can't even kill Emma. Because they clearly, his son's in love with her. Damn it. His son ruins everything. Why'd we find him? <laughs> I feel like I was going to make a second point, but I forgot it. So clearly it That's doesn't fine. matter. I'm sorry. But that was season two, episode 14, Manhattan. And uh, funny note, apparently this is the first episode where uh, Colin O'Donohue was credited as a, a main cast member as opposed to a guest role. Which I find really ironic because he does little to nothing in this episode. <laughs> uh, he was just like, listen, if you're going to slam me into a bunch of books, I want credit. I want exactly. to be credited. <laughs> I want included. I want billing. Um, yeah. Um, I First of all, excellent episode for you to return on. Oh, so 10 good. out of 10. So good. 10 10. Um, also, I'm excited. I think this is the part where we, we start picking up steam to the end of uh, the second season. So... This is going to oh, be... Oh, yeah, because we have that other thing with Ethan Embry, like, sending the video to her and being like, you see this shit? Like, there, there's this, there's a lot of emphasis being put on this, and I distinctly remember the payoff being very lackluster. Oh, it's very lackluster. I'd also like to point out, mostly, is just a corrections point. No need for this correction, but I'm going to make it. Uh, in the last episode, uh, my husband asked me why I continue to remember Ethan Embry's name, and I truthfully said it was because at a certain point I found him mildly attractive and I misremembered which movie I found him attractive in. I said it was Vegas Vacation. It wasn't Vegas Vacation. <laughs> it was Can't Hardly Wait. I was obsessed. Of course it was Can't Hardly Wait. I was obsessed with the movie Can't Hardly Wait because for some reason I thought I was Jennifer Love Hewitt's character. Like, but I was more the redheaded character. Like, I was just like, I'm not, I don't want to identify with that character. I want to be Jennifer Love Hewitt because I'm super popular and super beautiful. No. So, mostly the first part, no. But, anyway, can't hardly wait. That's a very, that's a special movie. Special movie 90s kids. Special 90s movie that, uh, 20, Mm -hmm. let's talk about a 2021 lens that it doesn't hold up to. Damn. Uh, oh my god i i haven't watched it recently but i know it's like on like it's on one of the streaming platforms and every time i see it i'm like a little bit tempted but then i just know oh boy it's gonna there's gonna there's gonna be things about this there's gonna be things it's mostly vocabulary things um i'll point Ah. out uh but i do think it's funny like if you go back and watch that movie for anybody that didn't go watch it uh the jock character is carlisle from twilight which blows my mind constantly. Oh my god. Oh. oh. Yeah. Oh, and that's going to be oh, man. Time, right? Time, guys. Time. time. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, thank you so much for joining us for this latest episode of Once Upon a Timing. It feels so good to be back in front of the mic talking with you, Abby, talking with our wonderful uh, Once Upon a Timing listeners about this wonderful show. Uh, And of course, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We have a wonderful Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash OUA Timing. We're also on Twitter at OUA Timing. I am personally at Beth Elderkin. I'm at just underscore Abby. And we will be back next week with season two, episode 15. The Queen is dead. I don't know what that episode is about. 
ding dong, I'm queen is queen's dead. gonna die. Maybe, maybe she's a zombie. I don't know. Anything can happen on Once Upon a Time. Ah, uh, yes, Cora's last episode. We all remember it fondly. <laughs> R.I.P. So thanks so much, everyone, and Abby. We will see you next week. See you next week, Beth. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 